So, guys, our next guest is part of the, as I said, SRN family. And backed by popular demand, she's known as the Empowerment Diva and has influenced thousands through her innovative three-day workshops, webinars, books, you name it. Please welcome back to the show, Miss Crystal Wright. Hey, Crystal, welcome back, and thanks for being a part of our show yet again. Hi, how are you? I am super <laughs> fantastic today. It is a it is a West Coast thing in Atlanta, you know, with the sun out, it's 70, it's just perfect. Well, it's that way. Well, you know it's that way here, too. I'm sure you've turned on the television today. The weather is absolutely gorgeous, just gorgeous. Well, unfortunately. I know you guys wake up, you spoiled rotten. I, I'm a uh, Los Angeles native, so I certainly know what I'm missing. Oh and by the yeah! Way, it shouts out to Black Woman's Guide hanging out with us today. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. Thank uh, as I said, we've had you on. Uh, wow, it must have been over a year now on our show. And yeah. back then we didn't even have work, which now we do. And. Uh, I want to jump in for those who were not privy to that interview and let you start by letting everyone know how you became an expert in all of the things you do. And I just want to touch on this briefly so people know a little bit of your background because teach and educate people all over the world through your books and, as you said, seminar workshops that you do, not only in the power of uh, empowerment and how to be the best of your best, but in makeup, fashion and style how did you get started in that industry well it's interesting i i wasn't in that business at all i was an account executive at xerox i had worked with xerox worked at xerox for five years and i just started to get bored i mean i just woke up one day and i just didn't want to do it anymore My grandmother was um, a seamstress, and I loved fashion. She used to make me something new every single month. So for a moment, I thought that maybe the thing I should do was try to get a job as a buyer at Nordstrom. And I actually interviewed with them and a couple of other places, and that didn't feel right. And it was really just a chance encounter uh, at a networking function with a photographer here in L.A., a celebrity photographer, And I met him on a Sunday, visited him on Thursday, and quit my job at Xerox on Monday to be his agent. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was his agent for six months. He fired me. I started my own company. This is the short version. I started my own company (laughs) representing makeup, hair, and fashion stylists and photographers. And in 1994, I wrote a book called The Hair, Makeup, and Fashion Styling Career Guide. You know, people mistake it. They see hair, makeup, and styling, and they think the book is going to tell them how to do makeup or hair, and it doesn't, it is nothing like that. The entire book is about running your business as what I call a stylepreneur, a Mm. style entrepreneur, style being makeup, hair, fashion, nails, um, and it teaches them how to run their businesses, it teaches them about marketing themselves, and so that's what I've been doing since if it's been to over 20, it's like 24 years now from the time you know, I started representing the photographers until now. And that brings me to how we're going to transition this now. You've done that, so, as you said, so many years. When did you discover that 
part of your journey is to empower people uh, all over the world. Um, I, I want to hear how that transition story happened for you. Well, you know, I think it started initially like a very small flame when I wrote the Hair, Makeup, and Styling Career Guide because it wasn't very long after that that I started doing my workshops, which started as a one-day, then a two-day, and now it's a three-day. But what really happened that really sort of sent me, almost sent me over the edge was in 2000, the recession of 2008. I mean, my life was a mess. Uh, I can remember having a big party for my clients on December 2007. And going into 2008, we had three big jobs on the books. I mean, one of those jobs was a 17-day booking for my stylists and makeup people for 17 days with Microsoft and two other jobs. And those jobs got pushed back from January to February, February to March, and then they got pushed right off the table. And there was absolutely no money coming in. One of our big clients was Mervyn's. Mervyn's filed bankruptcy. And it just sort of everything just started to unravel. Uh, And I was sitting in my house one Sunday morning. I go to Faithful Central Bible Church here in Los Angeles, and I didn't go to church that morning. And anybody who knows me knows I'm not really a T-shirt wearing, uh, sneakers, hair up in a ponytail kind of girl. I'm the kind of girl that gets up every day and gets dressed and gets my act together. And I, when I tell you I was sitting in my living room looking out the window of my fabulous home in Los Feliz, um, wearing a pair of, you know, footies and sneakers and, and hair slung up in a ponytail and a T-shirt, wondering what had happened to my fabulous life. Wow. And wow. I was sitting there feeling sorry for myself when God dropped 30 days at 100% into my spirit. And I was sitting there looking at the window going, 30 days at 100%, 30 days, what does that mean? What does that mean? I don't know whether it was a half an hour or an hour passed, and I picked up the phone, and I actually called three of my girlfriends, and I asked each one of them the same question, are you living your life at 100%? And the simple answer was no, because each one of them that were in different kinds of businesses Um, One of my girlfriends had a travel business. The other one was a makeup artist in New York, and the other one worked for, you know, a shipping company. Nobody was either nobody was happy or nobody was doing what they could do to really get to the next level, including me. And I said, we're going to get on the phone tomorrow morning at 7 o'clock, and we're going to figure out what we need to do to live our lives at 100%. And they said, well, what are you talking about? I said, I don't know. Just be on the phone at 7 o'clock in the morning. Don't worry about it. I had all day to figure out what we were going to do. And that next morning, we got on the telephone, and everybody, I said, I want everybody to choose one thing, just one thing that you could do that could put you back on the path to living your life at 100%, to really taking the bull by the horns and doing something. And so we agreed that we would get on the phone twice a week at 7 o'clock in the morning just for like 20 minutes to really keep each other motivated. And the thing that I chose to do was to get my butt up in the morning after I took my shower and start getting dressed again. Start getting dressed. Do my makeup. Do my hair. And when I tell you it was drudgery, 
the first week, I can only imagine, I don't have any children, but I can only imagine what a woman who's going through postpartum depression must be feeling like. Wow. You know, when you just don't want to do anything, it's just dragging yourself to the bathroom, dragging yourself, <laughs> like putting the lipstick on and putting the mascara on. But after about a week of doing it, committing to it, and, and part of it was having those phone calls, after a week of doing it, I started to feel better. By the end of the second week, I was on fire. And I had come up with this title for this book, which was 30 Days at 100%, Changing Your Life 30 Days at a Time. And that's how it all got started. Wow. Hey, guys, if you're just tuning in, we are talking to the amazing Crystal Wright, uh, the empowerment diva. And if you know Crystal Wright, you understand why they call her the diva. (laughs) I guess, you know, here's what I love about your story is you weren't bored sitting around somewhere and just said, you know, hey, let me create something that sounds cute. This was something you did for yourself first. Yes. Is that a fair assessment? Yes. And, you know, and I didn't know it at the time, but I I was a mess. Mm. <laughs> I used to ski all the time and shop in Beverly Hills, and I wasn't doing any of that. <laughs> I know a little bit of a little bit something about 2008 drudgeries myself. Oof. Now let's yeah. talk about living your life at 100. percent And you, I, I read a little bit of the description of it, and you challenge people. So look at changing things in in different areas, but specifically eight different areas. Can you talk about those areas of life that uh, need to be addressed? Yeah, the the eight areas are inside, outside, personal, professional, family, finances, activities, and health. And it's really a very simple concept. First of all, you know, people – At the end of every year, people sit around and they make these big, long lists of what they're going to do, and they they write down on December 30th or 31st their New Year's resolutions of what they're going to do in in the next year, and then they try to do it all in one month, and when they can't do it, they stop, they get frustrated, they get upset, and they just don't do anything. And the idea of 30 Days at 100% is that if you look at those eight areas of your life – All you have to do is complete one sentence, and the sentence is, I am 100% when. So if you're looking at outside, for me, my 100% on the outside is, I am 100% when my brows, lashes, cheeks, and lips are ready for prime time. My hair is done, I'm dressed, and I have my shoes on. And having my shoes on might seem like a silly thing to some people, but I work out of my house. If I get up in the morning and get all dressed and walk around in my footies, I still feel like I'm lounging. If I put my shoes on for the first hour of my day, I feel like I'm going to work. Right. And then you look at those different areas, and I always like to tell people to look at your finances. If in the area of finances you have checking, you have savings, you have investments, and you have credit, if you were to say, I say to them, what is your 100% as it relates to your checking account? How much money do you have to have in your checking account at all times to feel warm and fuzzy? Well, for one person, that number might be $1,500 a month. My average daily balance needs to be 1500 For another person, it might be 800 
So you say, I am 100% when my average daily balance in my checking account is X. I am 100% when my credit score is 750. I am 100% when I am saving X amount of dollars a month. And you do that in every single area. The beauty of it is that you will find that there are areas where you are 100% and areas where you are not. You only have to work on the ones where you are not 100%. Wow. How exactly, Ms. Wright, does this program work? Is it something that here in Atlanta, Georgia, or Maine, I don't know why I chose Maine, it just seemed far away, that individuals right now, if they're excited about the opportunity or just, you know, really intrigued about what this could do for their life, that they can get started now, or do they oh, have to Oh, anybody be- can. I mean, I turned it into a book and an audio CD. The thing is, it doesn't matter where you are. You can do it by yourself or you can do it with two other people, but you cannot, cannot have more than three people in the group. I always say if you get more than three people in the group, you're going to get haters. Somebody is not going to like somebody else. And then you can do it by yourself because success is not always a team sport. I tell people in the book, listen, if you ask somebody to do it with you and they start hemming and hawing, you need to move on. You cannot drag somebody kicking and screaming to success. Yes. You know, if, if you have to drag them to get on the call, then you shouldn't be you shouldn't be on the call with them because you don't have you're trying to get your act together. How are you going to pull them along? You know, <laughs> It's just really that simple. I mean, it's not a complicated thing. I say to people, if you fixed one thing in your life every 30 days, how different would your life be in a year? Mm. And you can only work on one thing. People think they can do so many things at once, but the thing is this. If you're a mom, if you're a wife, if you have responsibilities in your household, if you're a, if you're a mom and you, got two, and you have two children and a husband – and, and you're, you feel like you're 30 pounds overweight and you want to lose weight. So you say, well, you write down on your New Year's resolutions, I'm going to work out every day. I'm here to tell you, no, you're not. Right. You're already getting up at 6 o'clock in the morning, getting the kids ready for school, fixing them breakfast. Where are you going to work out seven days a week? You're, you know, you're taking the kids to soccer and football practice and going to their games and you're working overtime at work. You've got to find where you can reclaim the time, and it usually takes a month to sort of work it out. You might start out with a vision of working, of working out seven days a week, but if you end up by the end of the month finding 45 minutes a day, three times a week to work out, that's way better than zero, and that becomes your new habit. I'm glad you said something about you know working at one at a time because I think people get very um, – overcome and they quit because there's so many things thrown at them and you're just challenging them to work on one thing at a time is can i safely say that one of the one of the really huge things that we've got to eliminate maybe we should do it first is the elimination of excuses oh my god don't even get me started about excuses (laughs) (laughs) you know when i do it's so funny because my first class of 2013 is always my la class and we are doing a, a big vinyl sign to put over the door, and it says when you walk into the class, it's going to say, you have just entered a no-excuses zone. Oh, because I, I honestly just don't even want to hear it. It's like 
I tell people, get rid of anything that sounds like, well, what happened was. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. You know, people say, well, the reason I'm late was because of traffic. No, you weren't late because of the traffic. You were late because you left your house late. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, your uh, my rent is late because my car broke down and I had to get it fixed. No, it's late because you weren't taking the car in for the regular tune-ups, and that caused something major to happen. Right. I, I just don't right. believe in excuses. You know, I don't give myself the luxury of excuses, and I hear them all the time. And my students will tell you, I dish out a lot of tough love. Because the re- people have embraced their excuses because everybody around them has bought into it. So when they say, well, the reason this happened was this, everybody goes, oh, yeah, of course. And I'm looking at them going, oh, I don't think so. We do these 30, 60, 90-day conference calls after class. And on one of the calls recently, one of the girls got, when it was her time to talk, she The first words out of her mouth were, well, I know I'm not going to get in trouble today because everybody on the call, there were like 10 people on the call, and everybody had gotten in trouble for me. And she starts talking about what she had done, but she was really just talking around what she had done. And I said to her, "Uh, you didn't get anything done. She said, well, Crystal, life got in the way. While she was talking, I had gone on to Facebook we have a private group, pulled up her name, and she had 37 entries in Facebook. And I said, well, I'm just amazed that for somebody whose life got in the way of them achieving all the goals they put down for their first 30 days, you were able to go on Facebook 37 times. (laughs) They got that in with no problem. I said, now, how did that work? You know, you had time to talk to any everybody and conversations that went on for an hour, but you didn't have time to get d- done one thing that you had written down on paper that you had to submit to me. And finally, she just gave up. But see, wow. this is the thing. People are used to giving people those excuses, and they sound like reasons. They've convinced themselves. It's nonsense. Well, Crystal, I want to give everybody an opportunity. Hopefully they got their pens and paper available. How do we get started? How do we order uh, 30 days at 100% right now? Oh, you can order the book by um, by going on my website to thestore.crystalwritelive.com. And... Uh, if you just put in the store.crystalwritelive.com, you can go in there and you can order the book or you can order the uh, the CDs. And I even created a, a coupon code. Uh, I think, what is it, SURVIVE365 in all caps. If you put that in, you'll save 20%. Indeed, I was going to, you know, you already, see, you're good at this. You know, I was going to leave you into that. Thank you so much. <laughs> now, tell me, I, I'm curious, you've got the book, you've got the CD. Um, what's the difference between it's just one that you can play in the car versus actually reading? Yes. You know, the book is actually a a, a physical workbook, and it's not a big book. It's only about 130 pages, the whole thing, and um, it gives you instructions and tells you exactly what to do. Um, And I tell people the first 30 days is focus. The second 30 days is momentum, and the third 30 days is achievement. You know, it's really a lot of it is about, you know, um, 
breaking some bad habits that you have and taking accountability. I mean, I think, you know, when you talk about getting unstuck, one of the things that helps people to get unstuck is accountability and deadlines. If you, don't have any, if you don't have any accountability and you don't set up any deadlines, you don't set any goals for yourself, typically nothing happens. That's why people don't write things down, because as long as you don't write anything down, you can keep moving the bar. Yeah. Pretty soon, five years have gone by and you haven't gotten anything done. I told somebody the other day, the only thing that happens when you make excuses for everything in your life is you look up one day and you're a bitter 55-year-old woman with nothing positive to say because you're looking at your own life and this didn't happen because and that didn't happen because. I mean, I understand there are there are, there is such a thing as tragedy. But a lot of us haven't had a whole lot of tragedy. We just have a whole bunch of excuses. Mm 